0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Offensive efficiency. Offensive rating. it had, It's advanced stats galore on that TV. And I don't think the majority of fans really know what's going to be going on on that thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got shot charts. Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah, it was like
2: really built out for the... Uh... For the analytic nerd yeah i mean they've got I mean, and they, you and i appreciate it but it's yeah i was i was kind of it's kind of weird seeing a shot chart and true you know true shooting for true shooting yeah
1: yeah harden's gonna love that think daryl morey's gonna try to say they're gonna win another title at chase center it's gonna be great uh well hey look at that well let's go to bobby on uh line one castro valley we're talking about chase center hey bobby what's up
0: yeah man that's just uh super funny that you guys uh kind of brought that up uh You know, I was watching it from a fan's
1: uh, standpoint. Uh, I mean, it was. uh... Hey, Bobby, we're losing you.
2: Bobby, Bobby, call back. Uh, We'll get you right back on. Um, By the way, Carl, my board's not working. (laughs) Can we do something about that?
1: Can we fix it? Mm -hmm. Can we fix
2: it? Um, I'm just kind of, I'm just talking. I can't
1: see anything. (laughs) Just making it up as I go. Uh, that, that, at least Andy has a functioning board. I don't even know how to use it. I just kind of look at it and just, just just random stuff. Maybe I'll just like do random stuff on it and see what happens. Um there are also two TVs that are, that sit next to the big TV and what they do is they'll show you a shot distance when a shot goes in. They'll like they'll show you a visual and then I think it comes with like a percentage of like expected uh value of the shot. Uh, when it's being shot, where it's being shot, the difficulty of the shot—it it, it is incredible. Um, I mean, it's
2: great data, and it's the stuff I love looking at. It's still weird to see it in real time on a board in an
1: arena. Yeah, it might be a little, might be a little too much when you're just trying to watch a basketball game. You know,
2: we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, it, it. If nothing else, it's a cool little uh, data thing to have there. I'm sure I'll be excited to check it out when Steph hits like a crazy. 36 footer and i want to look up there and see how <laughs> how improbable a shot that is
1: yeah yeah it'll be it'll be interesting um they also put media uh all the way in the back which is very interesting to me as well uh they had media at oracle kind of in the middle uh section there, right behind the uh, the box level seats or right under it and then now whew, joe lakob i think uh that, that was uh he enjoyed that one i think <laughs>
2: Well, I don't think anyone here is going to uh, Feel bad. shed a tear that media doesn't sit very close.
1: Considering that media gets to go to the game for free, I agree with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else there is to say. You know, you know the other thing you and I need to take in? Uh, we need to actually go watch a game in the courtyard. That huge mm. TV is huge out front. Mm. Seems like it could be a very fun place to watch a game if it's a nice night out. Um We've had some pretty good weather recently. You know, I don't think anyone wants to stand out in the rain, but we're not getting rain anyway. So, um, you know, it seems like a cool cool spot to watch a game, uh, particularly when they get into the playoffs and stuff. I could see people being really into going out there during the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that that's going to be a great spot. That's going to be a great area. They, they've definitely thought that out because it's also next to um, – it's next to, like, Spark Social, right? It's next to a bunch of areas – it's next to. It's like um, it's it's, it's like AT and T right, or yeah. it's, what is it called now? Oracle Park, uh, it's called, it's, whatever.
2: Uh, or, there's only one Oracle, <laughs> and it's in Oakland. Oh, um, now it, it's. It takes me like a couple years to like. I was calling it Pack Bell Park for like oh, yeah. five years until I finally got used to saying AT and T. Yeah, just kind of how it goes. Candlestick,
1: Candlestick was a great name. They should have never changed Candlestick. Three com. Three com. By the way, you're, we list, do, yeah, you're yeah.
2: listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station.
1: Oh. Now that's beautiful. You should do like, you know, those late night ads, you know? It, it could just be you talking. Like a... You guys just want to rub some dirt on it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you are going to go somewhere else. It, so I'm, I'm well, glad. Well, you, you
2: and I have our uh, podcast where we have to do reads, where... Um, I just saw a read for that <laughs> on TV. Actually,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. Get Ro- GetRomans.com.
2: <laughs> Hash, yeah, promo code, Blue Wire. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, so I, I would encourage everyone to check out Chase. I think it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be cool. I think that the the worst thing about Chase is a larger Bay Area problem, which is traffic, and I don't think. You can call the Warriors or any, like, that's something we just need to deal with, like, expanding public transit or roads or whatever. You know, it's going to be an issue wherever it is. And you and I had an issue with going to Oracle the last few years because, I mean, Andy, you've been covering the team since, what, 2013? Mm -hmm. Something like that. How much longer has your commute
1: got in the last five years? Oh, man. So I I was working out in Redwood City, so... Uh, that was always... So you take like the San Mateo or the Dunbar? I take that San Mateo Bridge. and oh, You know, I, I, for a few years I was working in in the city, so driving from the city to the game would take about an hour. hour 15, I would leave around 6. And you're talking about during rush hour. Mm-hmm. So. During rush hour. So that's not too bad. But when it became 2015-16 and then they started making the finals, we're talking about two hours. And I would leave at maybe 4.30. I would leave early, and it would take me two hours to get to the game uh on that bridge. It was miserable. I was almost better off just kind of working in the city and taking the Bay Bridge if I wanted to. But yeah, it, it, it got an hour like it added thirty minutes to an hour. Um Yeah, like I,
2: I feel like over the last five years my you know my commute east bay to the city or city to the east bay has added thirty to forty five minutes each direction.
1: And that's just, you know, that just that just comes to the territory. Um that just comes with the team being good. Well, I mean, good. there's things to do about it, but that is, also has nothing to do
2: with the team, in my opinion. That just has to do with traffic getting worse in this area.
1: Even Steph showed up, said he showed up 30 minutes late than he usually is because of traffic. It's pretty funny. That, that That's someone that you know he's has got, never lived in the city.
2: He's got to get the – yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Miss,
2: uh, miscounting – miscalculating traffic is a rookie to the city move. That rookie move. Come on now. Like, I know Steph's the oldest guy on the team, but that's a rookie
1: move. Yeah. Uh you know Can't do it. Oh, do we get the board working again? Oh. We must have figured something out. Um The Warriors are playing tomorrow night. And would you say this is the most important preseason since Steve Kerr's first season? Uh yes and no. Um it's certainly important,
2: but I don't think the results are important is what I want to say. Um, I think it's important because obviously they have questions. We talked about it with Jay, with uh, Jim Barnett. Um, we both kind of think center will make a lot more sense when guys get healthy. When they have Colley Stein and Looney healthy, we know what they want to do at center. Right, Andy? Yep. Um, but they don't know what they want to do at small forward. They don't know what the bench looks like. I mean, there's just question marks all over. So it is really important from the standpoint of um, kind of got to figure out what the rotation is going to be because right now it's it's Steph, D'Lo,
1: Draymond, and you know uh, we'll figure it out. <sighs> yeah, ooh, something, something, something. I do think that the importance is that Steve Kerr is going have to is going to have to figure out what he wants to do schematically for the first time since he became a coach for the Warriors. Now. When he first started, he changed the offense, more of a motion offense, right, with high-IQ players. They lose now Andre Godal and Sean Livingston on top of players like Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant. So it's not just players that are superstars in their own right. It's also players that know how to play the game. I think I know what he's going to do.
2: First name Stephen, last name Curry. He came into my life, now everything is less blurry. Oh, who, Stephen Curry, Stephen. Who, fi- who fixed the board? On... <laughs> Take that back. Um, That might be their offense.
1: That might it's, be their it's not a bad offense. So. St- uh, Steve Kerr goes into the uh, halftime locker room. They're down 15 he points. Just plays that song. He goes, yeah, he goes <laughs> to the board and and just writes, writes Steph Curry, circles him, and then puts the other foot. Go, just go, stand in the corner. He goes up to D'Angelo Russell and goes, D'Angelo, this is the player we're running.
2: Yeah. First name Stephen, last name Curry. He came into
0: my life.
1: Ridiculous! Th- <laughs> By the way, that com- that commercial was ridiculous. Who who thought that was like a... Uh, a good idea? Yeah. I think it's hilarious.
2: So I like it. I have no complaints of it. Sometimes little corny,
1: cheesy humor works. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, there are worse you, things. You feed into that. No, it's... Uh, I, 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 but hey, I do think for is gonna have to figure something out. Though it is gonna be a lot harder than just installing his offense because they may not have the players to play that offense. Let me tell you, Sam, Marquise Chris might not be as smart as Andre Iguodala. I disagree with you.
2: Each team I've been on, I, I wouldn't—they've I, had talented players, you know. But it's different seeing Steph shoot like that. I was just out there, I'm like, wow, he's shooting from 35 feet and it's hitting nothing but net. So, like I said, he he makes it easy for me. All I got to do is set a screen and get him the ball, and he just shoots it and goes in. So, you know, like I said, it's been fun, and um, I'm just enjoying the opportunity to be here and play with these guys. Just set a screen and get out of the
1: way. Sounds like a high IQ player oh, to me. Do, I do love that. <laughs> I do love that. that. That is something that is going to work. Uh, he seems happy. Yeah, I mean, Draymond said it. Uh, he
2: he thinks Marquise Chris it's just clicking for him now. Uh, let's back up on this. We both agree with with Barnett. Um, Marquise Chris is immensely talented. He's got a physical skill set. Like there's just not a lot of guys who are six ten with that level of athleticism. We can play basketball, right? Nope. Um, and but his first few years in the league, they've been a little inconsistent. Has not been great. Um, And so it's not, you know, I don't want to say he's figured it out, but if he was to have figured out a role to be an NBA player, would it really shock you?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, JB made a great point too. He was saying how there are some players that, you know, if the NBA didn't have guaranteed contracts, you know, some players he didn't want to name names would be, you know, would be able to come in and work harder and be a little more humble, right? Because you just don't know if you're going to be in the league or not. And I'm not saying that Marquise Chris is that type of player, but certainly that was a lot of the issues. He was also in a terrible situation uh, being drafted uh, onto that Suns team, which really had no hope from the moment he was there. Uh, that team has no hope from the players that are there today, right? So he was in a bad situation. Um, it just it just didn't wasn't a good fit from the beginning. So this, the Warriors almost want to be like that team, like the San Antonio Spurs, right? They want to be able to have great players, be able to nurture and develop players uh, because of who they have, like Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Now, it goes both ways, or it goes on two levels. One, you have you bring in someone like D'Angelo Russell, who's already a very good player. You try to get him to another level. You try to make him become a superstar. That's one. And then the second piece is you get someone that's cheap. That has talent. That was a lottery pick, and other teams gave up on. And now you try to make that player an NBA rotation player. So I think that's very important to install that system because, I mean, Sam, like between what we've seen in the last couple of years, it's not like the Warriors have done a great job developing players that they've drafted. You look at the team, and you look at Jacob Evans. I don't know what he's going to be. You look at Patrick McCaw. He's not on the team anymore. Jordan Bell, same thing. Uh, a lot of these guys. But I will say.
2: Those guys were fighting for minutes in a very veteran team, which knew what they wanted to do. You could say it's easier to play with them, but it's also really hard to come in as a rookie trying to figure stuff out next to a bunch of guys who expect perfection out of you.
1: Yeah, it, it, is, <laughs> it is pretty tough now, when you're playing with KD and those guys and you miss a shot. You, yeah,
2: I mean, like, it, it's just any shot you take when you're on the floor with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson – if you don't make that shot, they just look at you like, really? You, you couldn't pass it to me? You know? So, um, now there's a lot of open minutes. In theory, if the Warriors can develop talent, this would be the time.
1: Yeah, this would this would be it right here. Also, um, a team, uh, those players also were drafted pretty late too, right? It's not like those were for sure things. Yeah. Um, they have developed one player. They have developed Cavon Looney, who uh was a centerpiece during the playoffs really against guys like James Harden, uh Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, uh Damian Lillard, those guys. He was able to stay on the floor against him and if you can do that, you have a player that can that can be you know, he's not probably not gonna be a star, but he has the talent to be a rotation player for really the next three, four, five years for the Warriors. So
2: Absolutely. Um D'Angelo Russell, you know he's he's proven he can make all he can be an all star in this league. You know he's kind of borderline all star, but
1: either way, he's objectively a starting caliber player. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. They have a few games left this week. They sucked at defense. Who's that? Uh, the Warriors. They... they
2: sucked at defense. I was
1: going to say who, who who's saying it. But yes.
2: <laughs> uh, um, that's from uh, that's a Lithuanian uh, announcer. He was describing uh, the ball brothers when they were playing in uh, was it was it Lithuania or Latvia I can't remember. Um, Pelicans are going to be fun. Oh, I was correct. Thank you. Oh. Um, but anyway,
1: let's get uh, let's get out of here real quick. Let's take a quick break. We've got yeah. Grant been coming coming back on Warriors outsiders. Uh, you're listening to Warriors World Radio with Sam. Wow, almost at Sam Lou. Sam is Fendiari and Andy Lou. <laughs> Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Lou and Sam Espandiari We got some Kid Cudi? Uh, no EDM, so it doesn't make me happy. But Come on, people. I'll take it. I don't think we have another break. I think we're going straight to the end of the show. Yeah, I, uh, I should have got
2: in. myself. I should have got myself a coffee then.
1: Yeah, I got a Red Bull. You can have mine. Okay. I'm
2: not. I'm not a big energy drink right?
1: guy. No, no. Um, really? I'm not.
2: I'm not necessarily opposed. I've just always been a coffee. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sam and I did a uh, did a show uh, with the uh, with the with the Jade Hoy, our old podcast producer, um, yesterday at the Independent. Sold out. A L- little panel with uh, Ethan Strauss and uh, Tom
2: Haberstroh. It's a good time.
1: Yeah. Zach Harper was the. Manning the controls. It's great. Me, you, and Ethan. Yeah, we, we put Andy and Ethan on trial to
2: see who truly ruined the dynasty. Um, the I, results were mixed. I think the crowd said it was more you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they seemed pretty loud. I, I also, I think they were just really just ready to cheer for me. I really don't remember half the stuff I said. <laughs> That's the other part of it as well. Well, we don't need to
0: go there. Yeah. No, no.
1: Uh, we're gonna have Grant Liffman on here in a few minutes. Uh, Warriors Outsiders, he's gonna talk about Chase Center. You know, oh. was, you know
2: was wild? When I was leaving the game on Thursday, I uh you know, I'm I'm leaving through the front door, so I'm in the courtyard, and I look up and I just see Grant and Drew. Hundred foot tall size, Grant Lifman and Drew, you know, just on the feet. I'm like, Wow, that's it's a lot of Grant.
1: That's a lot it's too
0: much Grant. Like he's not that good looking. <laughs> Grant, sir, are you there? I am. Ah. I'm I'm assuming you want me to talk about your 49ers. Is that right? Ah,
1: yes. Forget what I said. I didn't know you were listening. You are very good-looking.
0: Oh, Oh, thank you for actually watching. You're the only person that looked up at the screen, so that's cool. (laughs)
1: Uh, You used to be an actor, Grant, correct? Let's talk about that for 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like any time you bring me on, that's what we talk about. So I, I came prepared this time.
1: <laughs> By the way, um just going to go mine some IMDB yeah. right now. Let's go through this. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's really do this together. You're going to see Grant on NBC uh, soon coming up. So he's doing both Warriors Outsiders and really just dramas, sitcoms, you know, soap operas. Or soap operas. Soap, soap operas.
2: Well, Grant.
0: Stephen
1: A. Smith used to be on Days of Our Lives. So,
2: you know, what I'm saying is you're going to host – first take in a couple years grant
0: great I, I i'm feeling hot takey so you know, <laughs> at some point maybe they'll make it to national
1: <laughs> hey let's start with the niners let's start with the niners because the niners went into la today and niners fans took over the stadium and beat them down beat them down and you're covering the niners now correct grant
0: i am i am i'm fortunate to be part of the team when they're five and zero. i was not part of the year's past so Either their defense has taken up, a t- really just stepped up a notch, or somehow my correlation with the pregame and postgame has now changed.
1: Bandwagon media, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, they've never
2: lost a game when Grant's done pregame. So that's that's all I know. I, I'm just saying the
0: facts.
1: <laughs> what are your thoughts, though? Well, what did you think about it? Like it, This D-line looks like they're, they're good enough to win a championship. That's how good it looks.
0: Their defense is Super Bowl caliber. Caliber mm-hmm. defense, and I actually feel very comfortable saying that because of the depth they have, um, the defensive line is there's just just they have like hockey lines worth of defenders that can go in and just rush the quarterback, or they're great against the run. It's really how they stack them up. You know, you have Buckner, and you have the big names, right? You have your Buckner and and. Ford and Bosa and Armstead and Thomas, but really it's the other guys, it's DJ Jones, it's Sheldon Day, it's those guys that come in and they're really, and Ronald Blair is having a great season. It's just nonstop. They just come at you in waves. And then after that, their their linebackers are probably playing the best since they've had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman and Quan Alexander or Fred uh, and Fred
1: Warner. Warner. Yep.
0: And then finally... Jaquasi Tart is having a great season. Uh, Jimmy Ward has changed the game for them a little bit, at least from tackling and hitting uh, from the safety spot for these two games. And then, uh, you know, I'm not even mentioning Richard Sherman, and uh, Mosley's played well, Witherspoon. Their defense is as legit as I've seen in a very long time, and that is a Super Bowl-caliber defense.
1: That is incredible. And and I think uh, on on top of that, is Jimmy G – is he a game manager quarterback, or is he just – because that's how he's looked this season. But it certainly seems he has a lot more potential than that, especially for someone that's coming off an ACL injury.
0: It is funny. Right now they're actually using him as a game manager. The mm-hmm. unfortunate part of that is that he can't – a few times every game he'll throw some passes that you're just like, are you serious? <laughs> you're, you're really going to do that? Because they're just they're automatic interceptions. Luckily, one of them wasn't returned to the house because he dropped it. And the other one he just – threw up there in the end zone so the point is jimmy g's still making really bad throws but the other thing is that he hasn't had to step up and be that guy to lead the team yet and they're actually very fortunate for that because he's coming off an acl no quarterback is incredibly good starting the next season after an acl tear even tom brady wasn't exactly sharp starting and they won the championship that year so the point is i'm not actually saying jimmy g's tom brady But Jimmy G needs some time, and one thing, you look for good signs from him, and one of them is his ability to step up and make some throws. And right now, I would say this game, he had probably two or three very impressive throws where he had a guy running straight up the middle into his face, and he still stepped up and made the throw across the middle. Against the Steelers, he had a few of those. So really, those are the things you look for, and at the end of the year, you're going to have to hope that he doesn't make the stupid throws, too.
2: Yeah, no one no one or everyone's hoping you don't get one of those throws in a playoff game. Um but I want to transition to the Warriors. Uh Thursday night Steph Curry 40 points, 25 minutes. Um I think the rumors of his uh demise were written a little prematurely. My question for you Grant is are are we going to need to see this on a every night basis for the Warriors to win?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, that, that is the scary part, is that, um, unfortunately, in the past, the team could rely on their defense to win some games. It just, that's what they were able to do. Um, this year, they won't be able to do that as much, and that's the nice way of saying it. But, <laughs> it, really, outside of D'Angelo, there's no just bucket getters on their team right now. I know Jordan Poole's name has been thrown in there, and there's some really good shooters and, and some players that will be able to. But the point is, Steph Curry is just – he's everything to this team right now. And if Steph Curry missed a significant chunk of time, that would be that would be devastating to the team. So when it comes down to it, Steph Curry, unfortunately, is going to have to play heavy minutes. And in those minutes, he's going to have to be productive. You can, you, those games where Steph goes, uh, you know, those random ones where he'll be 5 or 17 from the field or, you know, just shoot poorly from 50 at 2 of 10. They're in trouble. It's going to be it's gonna to be tough. But because you Steph Curry, luckily they don't have too many of those games. Hey, all you need to do is get into the playoffs because if they can get Klay Thompson back by March 1st or March 3rd to be exact, they can get a buyout guy. There should be some really good buyout candidates. Just think about last season. If you took this team right now and said they're in the hunt for the playoffs and then all of a sudden added a Klay Thompson and someone like last season, like a Wes Matthews or something, you'd be like, whoa. No team wants to face them in the playoffs. So Steph has to just be available, pretty much.
1: Marquise Chris, Grant. Yes. Now not how how can you explain to me how Steve Kerr got him to figure out how to pass the basketball?
0: <laughs> you know what? It was really funny. And this this is such a small anecdote that really doesn't mean much in the end, but it was just something I thought of when I was at Media Day. It was the day that Marquise Chris signed. He wasn't even officially on the team yet. He showed up there and signed his deal, and then took part in media day. And I'll never forget this. We're sitting there, and we're doing our show in the hallway. And we, Marquise Chris comes down the hallway, and we're doing our show, and he like kind of leans into us. He goes, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "Hey," he's like, "Oh, good, good seeing you. Have a good day." And he keeps on walking. I'm like, "Whoa." This guy's like just – I mean, I've heard all these things. I've watched him on TV. You know, you hear all these bad things about Marquise Chris and his attitude. But, man, I was like, he seemed like a really nice, humbled guy. And I was like, he probably just does that behind the scenes. Maybe he's just trying to make a good first impression. (laughs) But from everything I've heard, he actually has been that guy. And maybe just three seasons of just being ridiculed and thinking he might be out of the league and being called a bust, maybe that kind of changed him a little bit. And he's coming in, and he apparently has been very coachable, very fun to work with. And, I mean, if he can find his potential, the Warriors just fell into a guy who was an eighth overall pick and could be, a, I'm not going to say a savior to them, but he has the ability to be – a, a significant part of the rotation, if he plays anything like this,
1: certainly. And they need that, right? They need that because they need as much talent as possible. They have a lot of top end talent, but they need as much talent because you know it's not just about this year. They need guys to be good for the next few years, and you know part of that is Kevon Looney. But outside of that, like who do they have? So Marcus Chris almost seems like he's a draft pick. He's still like he's got to be still like twenty two to to twenty two. He's very the same young. age. He's the same
2: yeah. age as uh, Jacob Evans, Eric yeah. yeah. I mean, he's twenty two.
0: Yeah, he's twenty two, then you know it's just you know, you think about it like this, and it's hard too because you've seen some of these guys in the league already, but like really you can almost say if you wipe their past clean, you have a bunch of rookies. You, you know, you have Poole and Pascal and Alan Smilagish, but really Amari Spellman is super, super young. Marquise Chris, very young. Jacob Evans, very young. And all of them have some extreme potential and you just hope and this is the final chance for someone like a speed Purr and their coaching staff to be like, hey, watch this. I can actually develop some young guys when I have the chance and when I have a team that needs them. Because it's really hard to develop young guys when they don't really have any need for them to be good because you have so – I mean, when you're so stacked around them, like what do you need Pat McCaw to come in and just play five minutes of good defense?
2: Yeah, definitely. On that note, so which of these young guys do you think – uh, when the season actually starts, is going to surprise fans the most? Like, which one do you think is going to kind of give the largest contribution um, that catches fans off guard?
0: Well, I, I, I can't use Jordan Poole because I don't think that's going to catch fans off guard at this point. Um, but the person I've actually been probably most impressed with of the young guys who's kind of flown on the radar is Eric Pascal. Um, you know, they need people that can play small forward and switch positions. And if Marquise Chris is to make this team, uh, they're probably going to, the most likely scenario is they cut Alphonse McKinney. And if that's the case, they're going to, they're going to be that much shorter in a spot that they are very weak already. And Glenn Robinson really stepped up and had a really good game, showed some aggression and, and was playing assertive the last preseason game. But, After that, you kind of either have to go small, maybe you run a Jacob Evans out there. But Eric Pascal is a guy that can get out there, and he does a little bit of everything. I wouldn't say there's one thing in particular that you say, hey, that guy does really well, but he does everything good enough, and he's getting better and better. And I just know from the first practice he did to where he is now, he's already grown uh, considerably so I, I could see him just coming in and having those games where you're like wow this guy actually can play a little bit
1: he seems like he should be someone that's going to be in the league for five to eight years like he, he seems like he has that that iq and that talent to be there I, there were a lot of mock drafts too um that had him really even the warriors taking him in the first round or even going in the top 20 uh, he certainly has a talent
0: yeah. yeah i mean the warriors uh, i would say majority of uh, the the mock drafts had Eric Paschal at twenty eight to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So that's why when the Warriors are able to pick him with their third pick, it was like, Wow, that's actually pretty good. And it's always funny when like draft boards they grade you afterwards and they were like, Oh, the you know, they reached on Jordan Poole and they gave him a bad grade. But like if they get Eric Paschal, the person they predicted <laughs> with their twenty eighth pick as their third pick overall then like why are you giving them a bad grade they did what you wanted them to do but three picks later so you know it's it'll be funny how it all turns out and who you know performs the best but out of all of them if you're doing the quote-unquote nba ready eric paschal was the guy
1: yeah i I am high on paschal i'm excited to watch him play i hope you know it'd be interesting to see what position he plays maybe they try to shoehorn him to play small forward a few times i don't know if that's going to work but you know that's a huge uh Uh, a huge gap on the team. So let's kind of spin it towards that round because from, from the reports, from what Steve Kerr is saying, Glenn Robinson, the third, is that going to be the starting small forward this season, Grant?
0: So I threw a dark horse candidate out there and that's Jacob Evans. Hmm. Um, I think Jacob Evans has the ability to potentially do that. uh, But that was under the assumption that, that Glenn Robinson was still taking his time to kind of ease into it. But I, I really, really was impressed with the way he played this last game. And, I yes, I know it's preseason. Yes, I know it's against the Timberwolves. But it's really not about how – like it's not about the – play. played really aggressive. He was attacking the hoop. He wasn't settling just for threes. He wasn't just hanging out on the perimeter, and you never even heard from him. I actually saw a couple of plays where he had a strip. He was jumping in front of people. He was really attacking the boards. You need to do that. And I know that's a very low bar I'm setting. But at the end of the day, if you can have a small forward that plays – let's say mediocre to solid defense while being able to shoot 35 or better percent from three and, you know, just make himself available. That's good enough right now.
2: Absolutely. Um, Before we get you out of here, Grant, I want to uh, circle on the Chase Center. What are your early thoughts on this new building? For me, it's just, it's still surreal. I've been there now a couple times, and it still doesn't feel like home yet. Because you know we're so used to going to Oracle.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's less, I feel like the old buildings, the ones you're in, they feel more homey, just right. Because they're not as shiny and new and all that. But like obviously, it's nostalgia just something. Yeah, nostalgia. Maybe just when things smell worse and just are kind of <laughs> bad, you kind of go like, oh yeah, that reminds me of home. No, I, I mean it's, a Chase Center super nice and it's just it's when you're in the court there's so many screens the whole place kind of glows it's really it's a really nice place and it feels smaller when you're in there than oracle um behind the scenes obviously the fact that the media room has free soft serve ice cream is just the difference maker for me um raymond raymond ritter knew what he was doing by giving us that because you can't say too many bad things about the place when you get soft serve ice cream for free. So, mm-hmm. so Grant's so, Grant's
2: gonna be 250 pounds come playoffs. Eesh, at this right. That acting career is gonna <laughs> well, put that on a, hold. That's
0: if, that's if the Warriors make the playoffs, that's oh playoff. okay. And, yeah, and B, it's definitely by December. I'll be that <laughs> but, um No, I, I really like the Chase. Uh, Chase Center is just it's a really nice arena. And the one thing I was most pleased by to see was in those moments where Steph Curry got hot there and scored 40 points. And even the crowd, it wasn't fully, you know, packed in there yet. Um, the place can get loud. And we'll see if they can bring it consistently throughout a game like Oracle could. But, like, in terms of noise level, it's clear that place can get loud.
1: Yeah, that'll be uh, – we'll be seeing you a lot. We'll be all getting fat together. So, you know. Oh. Yeah, really, really great. <laughs> Sorry, Luke chase
2: Center Warriors yeah. where everyone gets fat together. Yeah. yeah. we're in San Francisco.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it's be- It's better than that come out and play slogan. You know, it's like <laughs> – Hey, everyone,
1: come get fat. Well, hey, hey, listen, it's not like D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green are uh, in shape, so we can say we can we can note that, you know. So no, I'm not gonna comment on. That. <laughs> yeah, those guys, yeah, they need a bit of time. The regular season is not upon us just yet. All right, we'll get you out on this one here, Grant. Um, what do you expect from the Warriors this season? Because me and Sam were looking at the numbers. 48.5 is their um, Vegas line. Right Vegas now. line. 48 wins got you to the playoffs in the Western Conference last season. Uh, for context, they were the eighth seed. Um, so what do you think?
0: I think it'll take less than 48 wins to get into the playoffs this year. I think there are just too many good teams in the West uh, to have a team's breakaway that much. I think there are only three teams In my mind, that you can count out from the beginning in the West, that is Memphis, Minnesota, and Phoenix. Um, Even though Phoenix will just randomly beat some people every now and then, um, I'm going to say that this is this is tough. I was trying to save this for like another week or so before I have to really say it. (laughs) What Um, they pay you for? I I know this is not very exciting, and this is kind of, but I I think around 48. I think that's what I'm going to go with, and that's enough to get you in the playoffs and. If Clay Thompson does get back, I, I truly think there will be teams that will try to shift around in the in the seed uh, seedings to avoid the Warriors in the first round.
1: Yeah, that's fair, and I think uh, Hollinger. I think a lot of these analysts have the Warriors playing even the Lakers in the first round, which will be fascinating if that happens. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean Hollinger has the Warriors above the Lakers. Yeah. yeah, which you know, on paper it was kind of funny to see at first, but then if you really think about it. I know we keep on talking about if Steph Curry misses any time or if Draymond Green misses any time, look at the Warriors. But, like, if LeBron or Anthony Davis miss significant time, that team is seriously in trouble. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So, and, and AD's already hurt. Exactly. So,
2: yeah, I was looking so, at their roster without AD, and I, I don't know that they're going to play anyone tomorrow because they're. Have they even landed from China yet? Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, they might not come back. But, uh, yeah, that's. Let's just get them back here safe. Yeah. <laughs> but, um,. They, they have a lot of. I mean, it's not much better than the Warriors around Steph.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of good shooters. They have a lot of good veterans that have been around. But like, at the end of the day, if a Anthony Davis is out, um, you know, Kuzma is, is definitely a scorer. But they're just they, their identity changes a lot, and they're just not. They don't strike fear. Yeah, no. Much. And I know, and I know you can say that about most teams. But like for my mind, if you look at the Clippers. I'm still terrified of them if one of Kawhi or Patrick or if PG uh, are out because, like, they still have the people who are pretty much leading them last year in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I
1: think that, that that's a great take. I mean, just 48 wins in, in a playoff dark horse. It is funny to say the Warriors are going to be a playoff dark horse given the fact that they've been to five straight finals and really probably should have won all five. <laughs> and now they're going to be a team that, that nobody wants to play as, like, probably, you know, the sixth seed or something like that. So, um, very exciting very times awesome. very exciting times grant we will see you soon thanks for coming on Grant, grant, Thank you, grant. grant.
0: thanks for having me
2: all right bye. <laughs> all right we got we got like 15 minutes here before we get out i love grant the uh the astros and yankees are still tied up going into the ninth
0: i gotta say i'm just fired up to be here today
2: let's bring the energy there's got nothing... another
1: 15 minutes here Give me a little more energy there's nothing like playoff baseball, though. Um, I'm a Giants T- fan. Tension, man. It's the just tension. It's just something about the pitch. Just, you know, it's like, a slow game because, yeah. like the uh, the anxiety between each pitch just building up. You yeah. have baseball. I mean, baseball and fans are like great.
2: Pure, it's it's like pure uh, it's pure ecstasy or pure pain. Yeah, one or the other. You either have like it's the greatest feeling or You just don't want to talk to anyone for a day.
1: There is also a certain level of, of, I think, luck that goes into baseball playoffs too because it's just a one pitcher can dominate an entire series, right? We saw that with Madison Bumgarner in 2014 where he just (laughs) – I had had to bring that up. Come on, Sam. Sam is the resident ace fan. Not happy about that one. But you can have him essentially dominate a series and even on a team that's an underdog team. So – like you look at the uh, the LA Dodgers who won a hundred you know fifty games this season, and was probably the second best team in the league besides the Astros, and they get knocked out. I'm not gonna be here. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the Dodgers are are hitting. Uh, it, that's a different thing. They might have to start now. It's getting mental. Yeah, it's getting sport. weird. Yeah, it's yeah. getting weird. They need to shake it up. I I, I don't know.
1: It's weird to say a team that won 106 game needs to shake it up, but that's it, what it feels like. It right. kind of reminds you of the A's, though, just in terms no. of, like, well, just in terms of, like, you know, they get to the playoffs, they're very successful in the regular season, and there's just, just something happens, and they lose. Now, the A's, they're losing in one-game playoffs games, but it just seems like it, there is something mental there. It seems that way with the A's, that's for sure. The A's haven't even brought up their best pitchers yet. They're still young. Yeah. It's a, it's a,
2: the, the Dodgers are doing this with guys in their 30s who've been through this rodeo for what, seven years, six, seven years in a row? This A's team, most of their players haven't even got to arbitration.
1: Yeah, that Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, the, the Dodgers have got some guys that are just studs, MVP type players. And you just you can't be losing in the NODS to a nationals team. It just shouldn't happen. So um, good for Giants fans. Anyway, you're listening to Warriors World Radio. Andy Lou as Samus Fendiari, where we're talking about the uh we're talking playoff baseball. Um and then next- is that Google Dolls? Uh, that's uh, Who's singing that? Isn't that Omar? Uh, oh, Omar Vizcalf. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's who it is. <laughs> Sorry. Javier!
0: Pelota! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Giants are going to be good soon, guys. Giants are Yeah, be three bad. years. Yeah, three years. Um, <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I want to go back. So, my biggest take from preseason for the Warriors so far is just how exciting Jordan Poole is. You with me on this one, Andy? I think he's, he can. It's, just, it's been so long since the Warriors have had a young player who can do anything with the ball. <laughs> you know, like the guy, they, pretty much since they got good, they have tried to draft role players who can defend and rebound. You know, trying to get a, a Festus Azealy, a Damian Jones, a, a Jordan Bell, a Pat McCaw. You know, they they didn't need anyone to take shots when they had KD, Clay, and Steph.
1: Um. It is refreshing. By the way, you're not a fan of You don't think you didn't think he well, was. Well,
2: no, he was before. He was before then. You know, he uh, somehow slipped through the cracks when they got KD. <laughs>
1: Um I am with you, Jordan Poole. Certainly, and and by the way, when the when the Warriors were were terrible not so long ago, the best part of each season was trying to see which players were going to be good um, that were coming in. You remember like uh, like Diagu. You know, you had guys that you were just praying any morsel of potential you were all in on. Um, It certainly feels that way with Jordan Poole now. You certainly didn't get that feeling for the last five years. Um, He looks like someone that will be playing 15 or 20 minutes a game as long as he can stay on the floor defensively. And he is trying defensively, which you don't see from rookies very often. Yeah, the engagement levels, I've been – just overall
2: impressed. He doesn't look like a rookie to me other than, you know, he's 20 and he could probably stand to get a little stronger, etc. Uh, But he's, he's competing pretty hard and he doesn't, he doesn't look scared. He didn't look scared by Anthony Davis. Didn't look scared by LeBron James. Um, I don't know that rookies get scared of Carl Anthony Towns, but I mean, he is an all-star. Uh, he, he, he looked like he was very comfortable playing at that level
1: um very interesting stat where he shot better from further away in college yeah at the three point line very interesting because that bodes well for shooting in the nba you look at someone like jacob evans who i believe shot like 37 yeah, 38 percent in college but but then when you dig into it he mm-hmm. shot really well on those 20 foot threes the ones you can't get in yep the pros yep those are now terrible mid-range shots Right, and so you look at someone like that, and you're like, "Well, you hope Jacob Evans is going to be good." Jim Barnett, who we had on earlier, said he is a dark horse and someone that can be good um, for the Warriors. And so I, that's very interesting because I, I do think Jordan Poole does have the talent, and and the team needs shooting. The team needs shooting, even when they had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin yeah. Durant. Team they need needs
2: production, shoot. period, on the perimeter. I mean, at, we're we're looking at the Warriors, and um, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. And D'Angelo Russell is is going to start. And he's a proven player too. And outside
1: of that, it's just question marks. Yeah, exciting though. Exciting. Like I'm looking at this Warriors team this season, and never had a preseason this important. Never had a regular season this important. Pretty much since, pretty much since the first year Steve Kerr was here, you know. And and not to say that you know you want the, it's going to be the same success, but it's it's just the regular season matters again for the Warriors, and that's what you want to see from a basketball team because, I mean, I don't know about you, Sam, but the last two regular seasons with the Warriors, even though they were overwhelming favorites to win the titles and things were, you know, good and all of of that, hard to watch. Hard to watch basketball team, and now you have a team for 82 games you're going to be excited about, game in, game out. You know, that Tuesday night game against the Charlotte Hornets, I'm going to watch that, and I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy every second of that instead of, hey, you know, the Warriors are probably going to win this by 15 points. It'll be boring, and you're going to get what you're going to get because you know the team is going to win 60 games, and they're just preparing for the NBA playoffs. This season, it's going to be, well, is Jordan Poole going to be able to stay productive 15 minutes? Is Jacob Evans going to be able to play? Is D'Angelo Russell going to be able to carry a second unit? So exciting times, I think, for Warriors fans. Um, especially for a team that you still expect to make the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, it's
2: it's just going to be a different year for them. Uh, but it's going to be exciting, and especially knowing Clay is coming back, and you know how good Steph Clay and Draymond play together. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of can they manage? Can they hold the fort
1: down until Clay comes back? Yeah. You really think Clay's gonna come back though? Like, you really think he's gonna be like he's, he's got to be on a minutes limit. He's probably gonna only play like twenty minutes, right? There's no way they're gonna unleash him and have him play like a full game. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see that happening. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. It just it's just after what happened last year or last. That's season, true. I know? mean, yeah,
2: the idea he's gonna come back and look as good as he looked last year, unlikely. But if there is
1: someone on the team, that- yeah, <laughs> yeah, right.
2: I mean, you see all these videos on Instagram of him. Just doing stuff, and I'm like, "You looks fine to me." Hey, yeah, Mama.
1: don't think they were. I don't think Warriors management was too happy of him kind of jumping into the ocean there uh, during the during the off season. Yeah, Warriors management was like, "Come on, yeah, yeah." Seriously, a lot of guaranteed money in that in that knee. You might want to stay off that thing. Um, by the way, from the five one zero Raiders realist says Steph is going to be better. He's going to be smarter, more efficient, um, and be able to score easier than he has in a prior year. We were discussing that. I, I think. We were discussing earlier in the show about, you know, is Steph the best that he's ever going to be now today? Yeah, I mean, Steve Kerr said this today. He's seen everything that's come his way, so teams have played him every possible way that you can think of, and, and he's he's had years you now to work on counters, and, and you know, so he's kind of in his sweet spot right now. And, he has been, I think, you know, the last couple of years, um, and hopefully that continues for the next next few years. He's,
2: he's an amazing player. Whew. It was a loud shoot-around, so I apologize for that. But if you heard if you heard Steve Kerr there, he was essentially saying um, Steph is kind of at his peak in terms of both physical and mental. He's 31. He's seen every defense. He's been in every situation. He has it. I don't want to say figured out, but he's certainly equipped for every situation. And um, physically, I mean, Steph's stronger than he was five years ago, and he hasn't really started slowing down on the physical side. So I, it's kind of that that perfect confluence of when your physical and your mental uh, peaks meet.
1: He and there is no sign of uh, a big decline. I, I think he's he's probably. Not the same. He's probably not as quick as he was. I think he's probably not as explosive. I think Steph is underrated in terms of the type of athlete he is. Just because he can barely dunk, right? Does he? He has incredible he's lateral, quick. yeah, incredible lateral quickness, um, and he's just very, very smart on and off the ball. So I think he's a little bit slower now than he was then, which is normal. But really, there's no market decline in his physical abilities, and so that's the important part when you look at him today. And I think another important part is he's a leader now. He has to be the guy that tells people what to do. He has to be the guy that leads. Now, he's always led, but they've also also had Andre Gdala and Sean Livingston. And you know this. You and I both know this. They took control of that locker room. It was their locker room. Uh, Those guys were the the ones that were talking. And Steph, he was a leader, but he was also able to sit back and have them do that. Now, it's up to him to do that.
2: Yeah, and they're a lot younger. He's – you know, we we were just talking a couple minutes ago about how excited we are about Jordan Poole. Well, now it's up to it's up to Steph, until lesser degree,
1: Clay and Draymond to
2: to make sure you know he becomes the best player he can be.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's up to it, it, it's it's good to play with Steph. But now we see, you know, like how I was saying, how it's how it's going to be good to see how good Steve Kerr is going to be as a coach. Now let's see how good Steph Curry is going to be as a leader as well. We know he's great, like how we think, how we know Steve Kerr is a great coach. We know that, but now let's see him do it again. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there, like what Steph does, like how how I think D'Lo, I think we had, I don't know if we have that sound, but last week during media day, he was basically saying how how much fun it is to play with Steph. He was texting his friends, right um and saying how much fun it is to play with someone like that and so it'll be interesting to see how he can play i think most importantly sam i think it'll be interesting to see how he can play off the ball
2: uh absolutely and we really haven't even talked about dilo on this yeah, show we haven't but um i thought his second game was better than his first game um he's still kind of struggling with the three-point shot but that'll come he's a proven shooter um I'm, I'm excited to see it because over the past five years, we've seen Steph with Clay, and Clay is not a ball handler. Now we have someone next to Steph. The last time Steph played next to a ball handling guard was Montel. Oh, no, oh. It, it was it was Jared Jack. Yeah, um, and Montagno's. that's really that's really it, you know. Um, and D'Lo is better than both of those guys and uh, his he's more, he plays more of a team game than both of those games.
1: Yeah, it's a great point.
2: Remember? So, no, go so I was going to say, so it's, but that was always kind of part of the fun of Steph's game because he could do stuff off the dribble or he could go off ball.
1: Yeah, remember those Jared Jack days when Jared Jack would just iso, 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 pull up for a mid-range jumper in crunch time?
2: This yeah, <sighs> was a good time. Ugh. Good times.
1: But Jared Jack was good. He was very good. He was a good leader as well. Um, but you're right. To your point, um, I think... Steve Kerr is going to have to get – it's like what they did with Kevin Durant, right? It's when you want to have another player more comfortable, it almost always comes at the expense of someone like Steph Curry because Steph, because Steph Curry is so good off the ball. And so I think a lot – you're going to see a lot this season, especially to start the season, where D'Angelo Russell is going to play on the ball. He's going to handle the ball more, and you're going to want to get him more comfortable just because of how important he is to the team and their success moving forward. You might see Steph off the ball more. And he's probably the best player off the ball, really, In the of entire all time. League. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say of all time.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes.
1: <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts um, here moving forward? Like, how many? What are your thoughts on the season? We got a few minutes here. Uh, do you think that they're a fifty-win team? Do you think they're a playoff team? I do think they're a playoff team. Fifty wins would
2: depend on a confluence of factors. The most important one being Steph Curry not getting hurt all year. Mm-hmm. Do I? Th- they could win 50 games if Steph and Draymond play 78, 79, 80 games. Oof, yeah. um, do I think they will? Well, I don't know because very few players play that many games anymore, right? Yeah, there's no way. Maybe 70 is a good
1: number, I would say.
2: I, I think 70 is a little low, yeah. but I think 74. Okay. Yeah. Like, miss a game a month. Something like that. I don't know. Something in that range. But both of those factors really have to do with not actually getting hurt. You just have those random like, you know, little bruise and you want to give a guy a night off just so it doesn't get worse type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Not like a serious injury.
1: I think I think there's a chance. I think it's a high variance team. I think there's a chance that they might not be very good. I think there's a chance they may be in the low forties in terms of wins just, sure. just because of that defense. I mean, even if guys stay healthy, that defense well, yeah, is going to be miserable. Yeah,
2: and, and Grant brought it up that they're not going to be a good defensive team this year. And what that means is they need to outscore teams. And to outscore teams, they need to be healthy. Yep. Because um, they aren't outscoring teams with uh, Jacob Evans, Glenn Robinson third,
1: and... Um, McKinney starting line. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the Timberwolves scores like? One forty to one twenty or something? One forty three. One twenty. Uh, yeah. get, get ready to see a lot of those games coming up this season with the Warriors. Um, Draymond Green is going to have to guard uh, fl- everyone, <laughs> everyone, the entire arena. He's going to have to guard. Um, so, I, I, but I do think those will sneak in the playoffs. I'm with Grant. Um, we had Jim Barnett earlier. He echoed the same sentiments. Um, he, this team. They they could be they could be as good as an NBA Finals team come you know come April, right? Once you throw Clay Thompson into it, and who knows, maybe a buyout guy. All
2: of a sudden, all of a sudden, they could be sneaky.
1: Yep, yep. And that's that's what you're looking for from the Warriors um, this season. It's a trans- transition year as well, so going to be a fun season. Uh, they are playing tomorrow against the Lakers. Uh, a couple more times in the preseason, you against think, the
2: Lakers, you think you think going to be cool with them being in the forty wins? Do you think he's going to be
1: like just, hey, just win, baby? Just, listen, they're hard capped. I don't know what Lacob can do. Um You're just going to just hey, win, baby. Hey. It's going to be a lot of that going That's, on.
2: Yeah, just just go into the coach's locker room and say, "I don't care." Make 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 Jacob Evans a twenty point per game scorer. <laughs> Boom! Yeah.
1: The Warrior season. Jacob Evans. That's the 2020 story. All right, Warriors World Radio. You've been listening to Andy Lewis, Evans, Fendiari. We'll be back next week. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend a whole Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.